Okay, this is part two of the Rebecca Saunders interview. And if you didn't catch the foundational layers, let's go back to part one and you go and check that out and go have a listen first. Go understand who Rebecca Saunders is and the great work that she does putting on virtual live events. You know, when it comes to live events and virtual, look, it's so new to so many businesses, right? And I don't know anybody that hasn't been able to really leverage the expertise of an external provider like Piemont Studio and really get the thing done right make sure that they have all the ducks lined up all of the timelines the budget all of the expert speakers everything clicking into gear correctly and i really think there's no better way to do that than make sure that you employ the expertise of an external provider whether that's piemont studios or wherever right get help this is a new thing and it will be probably a new thing for many of you for years to come so make sure that you get it done right the first time let's crack on with part two of the rebecca saunders interview Today's topic is nailing live video to become a content repurposing master. Yes. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming up with that title. It is one of my weaknesses is coming up with kick-ass titles, and I think that is pretty kick-ass. So, look, what do people do when they have their events? So, I mean, obviously, they've got one time slot to get this out to the masses, uh, to go synchronous, if you like, with their communication. What can businesses do to continually repurpose and become a video master so if you think about it in the live event context like a live virtual event that i've just been talking about all the little bits of filler content or bridging content or whatever kind of word you want to give it all of those pieces of content can be standalone pieces of content so they could potentially be a client case study that could be used to then sales teams can then take that out further and start using that as a tool to bring in you know to convert the leads that are coming through so the case study content can do that Panel discussions can get turned into shorter snippets or shorter, again, could be used as a case study depending on the context of the client. Individual presentations, all of that can get chopped up into something else. So if I think about a plenary session, for example, so it's a kickoff meeting, we've gone through a dozen presentations, we snip that all down into a dozen short videos and all of a sudden you've got your induction process already created. We're going to go to a couple of questions from Brennan in a second, but before we do, mm. how much of your process extends to helping businesses create that repurposed content and also implement and distribute that repurposed content? So a lot of the stuff that I do is very much for, at the forefront. Let's think about how we're going to use the content multiple times before we even create it. And the reason I say that is it could be that I'm on site with a client and we need something specific for the event, but you might want them to say something slightly different for the case study. And instead of going back twice, we go back once, you know, we go there once and just do it. So my sort of piece there helping them is very much that start about multi-purposing from the get-go. I'm all about maximizing time and budget. There's limited resources on both. When it comes to the distribution, I provide guidance, but I've got partners that I partner with to say, this is how you'd shell it out more. Okay, so let's go over to Brennan and see if he's got some questions from the audience. Sure, thank you, Chris. Um, look, there's a question around, um, you know, a lot of people have, you know, many multiple day conferences or at least a full day conference. But then, you know, they've last year broken that down into a, like a two hour video conference. Now they, they need to even potentially take the next step again, which, you know, you've kind of touched on already, but even potentially being able to monetize some of these, you know, modules of content. 
How are people going about that that you've seen? I think the interesting conversations I've had has very much been around whilst travel can now happen, organisations are really looking at, do they need to spend that half a million dollars? Do I need to get everyone together in a room? Really? Like, do I have to do that? And so from a spend and a saving and seeing the ROI on it, so far, the, the ones, the events that I've put on has definitely seen the same engagement level from teams and audiences and had the same results. I think the hard bit is going to be if you're going to be monetizing content moving forward, you're going to have to have the end goal in mind before you start. You can't sort of backpedal it once it's created. But something that I see as being potentially a future problem is because we're now all working in such a digital environment and every man and their dog is creating content. I mean, Chris, you mentioned it before, like a lot of people are being able to do this stuff. I've helped thought leaders and speakers put together home studio setups that I would be comfortable running with with three people and they're trying to do it themselves and present in front of the camera, which makes me a little bit nervous, but it's all accessible. It's there for them to buy off the shops at the high street and online. It's all there. So we've got to be mindful and stay true. This is where I feel as an industry expert, stay mindful and true to the craft that we have and that we can guide that forward because there will be a time that quality content is still paramount and cutting corners just won't hack it after a while. That's right. And people don't want to necessarily think about strategy, you know, up the front because they're so excited and keen to get this event live and all the rest of it. So how do you encourage people to kind of consider the strategy up front? I think I work in a very different way to most sort of people when it comes to working that sort of how do I do something? It just sort of happens. Um, For me, I can't create you something unless I know the strategy. So if we're wanting to run something through and just do this or it won't take much to do X, you're not my person and I'm not your person. So I want to get in a room with people that go, I've got this vision of where I want the organization to go and what I think this event should look like. Is that realistic? And can I make that happen? And how can we work together and get excited and the energy in the room so that together we can then go and share that with the wider organization? 2021, I think, is going to start to see some hybrid events, so a combination of in-person and virtual. How do you see yourself fitting into that picture? Um, For me, given my space, my space is very much, it's a studio space. It hasn't got an audio seating point. So I'll very much stay in the space of being able to stream international speakers into an international event that's maybe hybrid. I see that's where we'll sit. I mean, if you're in the States or in India or in the UK and you want an Aussie speaker, We've got them, we've got it set up, we can do that two-way comms. Fit a hybrid events here, I don't have the audience space, so I can't physically do it in Piermont, but that's not to say that I can't you know, go and consult with an organisation to sort of have that understanding of how it would work because from a presenter perspective, you're going to have to talk to the camera and the audience. I've seen some done really well and I've seen some done really badly, like a lot of things that are happening at the moment. So very fluid. But I do know that for me, if I know it, we're good and we're going. If I don't and I can't guarantee what I'm doing, I'm going to bow out of that service and walk away. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Renan. And I, we're very curious to see what the future is. Uh, you are in the driver's seat with regards to seeing firsthand a lot of what companies are producing in terms of live events. Tell me, what what do you think the forecast is for this year and into 2022? I think a lot of organisations are now starting to realise the impact that they can have running a virtual event properly. I think there's a lot more awareness now about what's possible within an organisation DIYing it and what they need to look for to outsource something. 
I think there's going to be a lot more use of it, if I'm really honest, in terms of actually having investment there to create content properly, because I think organizations, if they're not starting to, they will realize the value in creating and recording something when it's live, also recording it polished so they can go and repurpose that content. And I think if organizations can wake up to that piece and start thinking about that, the world's going to be their oyster from a one-hour webinar through to a, a two-hour you know, proper TV show style format. They all work together. So to have that sort of hybrid of options it's going to be really exciting. Well, it's no secret that last year we saw Genesis come on board for one of our clients, a multi-billion dollar company who had to go through that very experience to understand, I guess, how a virtual event, taking their two-day summit and converting it into online was going to um, play out and had very similar experience, very similar conversations that you would have with your clients at the moment, which is, hey, 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 you realise this is not live you know this is not the face-to-face version you need to be more engaging more succinct clearer shorter sharper about the way that you deliver content because you've quite frankly got a different audience they're sitting in front of their computer and most likely with a screaming kid in the background or whatever that that situation yeah right so you've got a different level of disengagement happening you know it's not like you know when you've got people in the same room you've got presence you know you've got people that are harmoniously consuming the content and so what i'm interested in is and i think it's a question on a lot of companies lips at the moment is recorded versus live hybrid mixture okay Definitely a mixture of the two. You need that live element, particularly if you're doing something through, say, Zoom or Teams and or some of these platforms where you can plug in the audience and see the audience coming back to you when you're on the virtual stage. You can mock it up to look like it's live and it can be that way. You know, you can pre-record that news recording from behind the desk or you know that interview panel in the studio set up and press play. But the audience is going to only know it's live if you've got a live MC or a live host of an event that can actually go, oh, Chris, loving that jacket you're wearing today there, mate. Oh, so-and-so's got that hat on. You know, that kind of vibe or all the different things I've seen. So many people have said on camera looking at the audience and they know it's live and you will watch from the background more people either come on camera because they're excited to be there or they'll go off because they're actually not engaged and they don't want to be sort of called out per se. But it's going to be definitely a hybrid. I personally wouldn't pre-record an entire live session um, mainly because it's my biggest bugbear when I get told I'm going to a live webinar and all I've got is a pre-recording that's set to a timer. I personally don't get any satisfaction out of it so I don't get any satisfaction as an audience member or as someone producing it. So for me my jam's the fun it's the it's the coming in having the fun in the studio getting your hair and makeup done experiencing the setup getting to the end and being like, oh my gosh, can't believe we pulled that off. And that's the client. That's not necessarily me and the team going, survive without any technical hitches. Yeah, I love it. I love seeing the faces when they, they're all their hard work pays off and it's exciting. It seems like you get a real buzz from the live component, um, all, all the preparation. Um, and then on that special day, it all is do or die time. Um, yeah, makes my heart sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Walking around with my big headset on makes me feel all important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's very clear, I guess, that 
both either pre-recorded, recorded, live, expose their own challenges from what it sounds like the briefing and education process of getting people to understand that there's more to it than just a bit of tech and switching on the camera and doing a live thing on a whim. And uh, it looks like that uh, there is probably a lot more educating the market and helping and hand-holding them through the process. This is really just the beginning of what I'm sure is going to be an epic 2021 and two for you. If, if I was an organisation listening to this and, and going, okay, now I'm, you know, I've heard all the bells and whistles. I think the biggest thing that I would want someone to take away from the conversation that we've had today is there are so many variables to all of the events, regardless of if it's an in-person event or not. Think back to how you plan an in-person event and all the variables there. The same variables still apply. So you can scale it up and scale it down. The key thing is to have a conversation with someone that can guide you in that way. And if, if you decide that you want to go smaller and, and DIY it, then that person should be able to go, great, here you go, here's your key points, technical check me if you need me, but you're on your own and you're great, or I can hold your hand and show you how we do this and let's do it. And I say it to everyone about video providers, I'm not the right person for everyone, you're not the right person for everyone, right? It's why the market's there and we work in different ways. But if the provider that you've engaged from a live environment doesn't give you confidence, they're not your people. I think you need to be able to walk into a live session feeling confident that someone's got you. Well, I think you've given a really good in-depth and detailed insight to the world of live video events and also what people should look out for for future. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up? I'll give you two questions in one. How about that? (laughs) And how do people find Rebecca? I guess for me, if what I've said today has made your heart sing and you sound like the kind of person that wants to come and explore live events with me, you can find me at Piermont Studio and at rebeccasaunders.com. I talk about all this stuff a lot. I love it. So I'm at the Rebecca Saunders on every single social platform with the exception of Clubhouse because it was too many letters. But, you know, to try something is all part of the practice, right? Trying and failing something shouldn't be something you're worried about. That's what rehearsals are for. So, you know, give it a shot, have a little bit of fun, see who turns up. Well, I'm pretty confident our team will take this last half hour recording and turn it into 30 or 40 different pieces of content, no matter how much preparation uh, was was in it or not. <laughs> um, you have given us an absolute minefield of great, good, solid content and things to look out for. Rebecca Saunders, you are a video marketing legend. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca Saunders. You have been an absolute pleasure to have on the show. Thank you so much. Look, you know, I've said it last week, but I really want to give you some free access to the Power of Video Marketing online course. It's on demand when you need it. And if you've not been able to access the current video marketing workshop that we've had via Zoom, then this is a great opportunity for you to grab hold of this while you can, while it's free. If you're beginning your video marketing journey and you're wanting to produce videos that actually work, you know, improve sales, uh, get clarity of your marketing messages, and if you're a decision maker or marketer with little to no knowledge of video, then it's time to join the hundreds of others who have gotten results from this here video marketing course. I want to give you everything you need to start with some basics 
that are not only easy to understand, but very effective. When you attend, when you sign up, when you get in and get in for free, you'll discover the opportunities for videos in your business. You'll explore a menu of videos, where they fit, how they work, how to leverage the investment, and see plenty of examples and results of how others are video marketing and take away some really kick-ass video concepts to market like a boss. You'll get scripting templates, you'll be able to clarify your message better, tips to presenting, and DIY video solutions that will not only enhance your sales and your marketing, but primarily the biggest thing, the biggest thing, the best thing of all is to bridge that gap of knowledge and really get some clarity on what you're doing. So if you want to take me up on that offer, as I said, it's open until the end of March. Learn how to confidently use videos in your video marketing course and register now.